Under extreme stress, an emergency situation, our bodies dump a concoction of chemicals into our system that for ease of discussion we'll call adrenaline, the most common term for this. And this adrenaline does things to our body that's natural, but we can learn and train and understand how to overcome the effects, the negative effects of adrenaline, and then use it to be a survivor. That's what we're going to talk about with Coffee for Alan today. Going to give you a little bit of wisdom on adrenaline, the effects, and what you can do. Before we talk about that, though, I want to mention that this morning I was down at the hospital lab getting some blood drawn. Why? Because during my annual checkup in January, my primary care physician asked me to come back in three months and do some more blood work. I'm sharing this because I tell you how it's important to monitor our health and how health and fitness will help us enjoy life and be prepared to defend ourselves and react to other emergencies. You must work with a primary care physician and check your insides too. It's great to watch what you eat and to exercise and be strong and fit. We all want that. But there are things going on inside that we cannot know without going to a doctor, having blood drawn, having urine drawn, having tests done to see how our insides are doing. And that's what we need to do to have optimal health and longevity. So make sure that you work with your primary care physician. And if you don't have one, you should get one so you can stay as healthy as possible and work with that individual, you know, find somebody that you really like that you can work with that individual to keep you as healthy and strong and fit as you can be so you can just enjoy life. And by being more fit, more healthy, it will help when the negative effects of adrenaline start coming up. I'm going to say good morning to Kellen. Appreciate you being here. Something could be about to happen. Something might have just happened but it's high stress, scary, it's some type of an emergency, and adrenaline starts filling our bodies. Now, some of the effects of adrenaline, and these are natural, they happen to different people more than others, it just depends, but you could experience, you know, butterflies in your stomach, which can lead to actual nausea. Your mouth can go dry. You know, I I remember Nick once saying how when he heard self-defense instructors saying, well, spit in the eye of your opponent before the fight starts. The problem is right before that fight starts and adrenaline starts flowing, your mouth gets all dry and it might be difficult to spit. You can get sweaty palms. You can have time distortion. And maybe you've been in an automobile accident or something and you've experienced this. Time can slow down. It can speed up. So you can have that time distortion. You can have tunnel vision. You know, somebody puts a gun or a knife to your face and all you see is that giant gun or that giant knife and you don't see anything else around. Your breathing can get rapid and shallow and it's up here in the chest and it's it's rapid, it's shallow chest breathing. You can start to tremble. Your hands can start shaking. Your leg might be shaking. And that's one of the reasons we lose our fine motor skills under that extreme stress. So it could be difficult putting a key in a lock to do a lockdown. I mean, that was part of the lawsuit against Sandy Hook because to lock those doors, the teachers actually had to go out in the hall where the shooting and stuff is going, use their little key, get it in that little hole and lock it before they could go back in and pull it shut. And we lose those type of skills. So we might have auditory exclusion too. You don't hear things as well. So you're yelling at somebody, they're not listening to your instructions under that high stress. 
Here in Montana, I teach a lot of different groups, hospitals, schools, businesses, and there's usually hunters in the group because of here in Montana. And I'll ask them, who hunts? A lot of people. Do you wear ear protection when you're shooting the game? And many people say no. They do not wear the hearing protection when they're taking down a deer or an elk or whatever they're doing. And they don't even really hear the report of the rifle uh, because there is a type of stress with hunting. It's a good type of stress. If it goes too far, you get buck fever and that's when it's getting negative. But I asked those same people, do you wear hearing protection when you're at the shooting range and stuff? It's like, of course. Okay, so we can have all of these different effects of adrenaline and they are natural. They're nothing to be embarrassed about or think something's wrong with you. These happen to all of us at certain degrees. I'm going to say good morning to Kellen again because she said she just finished her 40 lap swimming, getting up and exercising, looking after health and fitness. Awesome. And Dixon says in stressful self-defense scenarios, often termed adrenaline dump. Exactly. We call it the adrenaline dump. It's the adrenaline entering our body. And all of these things I just discussed happen and it's natural, but we can do some things to help alleviate that and then use the adrenaline to be more, to perform better. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, we've all heard the stories of somebody on adrenaline that had, you know, extra strength, extra speed. And that's true. That adrenaline dumps and it can help with the fight or flight aspect. It's when we get the overboard of adrenaline and we, and we get the freeze aspect because there's three Fs, fight, flight, or freeze. We don't want to freeze. We want to go into the flight or the fight and the adrenaline can help give us extra energy and speed or strength for either of those activities. Now, ways that we can work to control that adrenaline and harness it and use it, you know, a couple things. One is just being aware of it. Being aware of the effects and what I'm teaching you right now can help alleviate that because if you completely, you've never studied this, you don't know anything about it, and then all of a sudden emergency happens and the adrenaline dumps and you're getting all these weird feelings and it's new to you, that can help cause you to freeze. So just being aware of these happenings in our body and why they're happening can help us get through that. Another thing that helps is being exposed to emergencies, eliciting that adrenaline dump repeatedly. And that's why in a lot of trainings, we'll do a, what's called stress inoculation training, where we do that high intensity training that induces the adrenaline flowing, and then we get through that. And the science through that is we want a successful getting through it. If we do it stress inoculation training and we freeze up, and then we stop the training and we tell the person, you froze, you fail, you die. That does not help that person learn and get over that stress. It doesn't help them combat the stress the next time. What we want to do is we want to have a successful outcome. And so sometimes with you know real new people that are not used to adrenaline and stress, we got to take baby steps and just give them a little bit so it's, they start to feel the stress in the adrenaline dump. And then we let them succeed with either escaping to safety or beating up the bullet man or the, the person in the suit, doing something successful where they survive. And then we, we reward and applaud that. If you ever watched any old video clips of Peyton Quinn doing the bullet man training, you'll notice that the bullet man always loses. The person always wins. And the people all around are applauding and cheering and giving them that successful feeling. Doing that repeatedly 
having successes through the adrenaline dump will help you perform in an actual situation. Dixon says, yes, the faithful freeze is too often overlooked or ignored. People must know that exists. And Jay says, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Yeah, And often the freeze comes because we don't have a plan. We just do not have any plan of what to do in a type of emergency. And that's why I'm so adamant about people having a basic plan for active shooter situations, for other violent situations, so they don't freeze. We also want to understand that those things are happening in our body, and that helps us get through it. If we've been through it before, either in real life or training, it helps us get through it the next time. And then the other thing that can help is combat or box breathing. And there are a lot of different breathing techniques. In the Hapkido martial arts, we do a Don Joan breathings and different exercises. Different martial arts will have different breathing. You'll see different doctors in medical teaching different breathings for this or for that. I mean, Tony Robbins, I learned a breathing technique from him years and years ago that would help you, you know, ingrain success principles into your life and so forth. So breathing is very powerful. The box breathing, or sometimes called combat breathing, is the simplest, easiest thing that you can do, and it will help alleviate the effects of adrenaline and stress and help you perform. And it's very simple. You breathe in for a count of four, you hold for a count of four, you breathe out for a count of four, you hold for a count of four, and you repeat. In my active shooter response classes and other safety classes, I make the class practice this. Because the more you practice it, the better you will be in an actual situation. Don't just tuck this in your brain and say, yeah, if anything bad ever happens, I'm going to just do that breathing that Alan said, four, 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 four. That's easy to remember. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Do it every day. Do a little bit of breathing daily, and that will help you do it in under a stressful situation. So you can get better and you can train yourself at calming yourself down. Also, you know, Mark Devine talks about box breathing in his book, Way of the Seal. He was a Navy SEAL that now teaches businesses and different things, has a number of books out. In that book, he talks about doing box breathing for up to 20 minutes a day. Not that you need to do it 20 minutes a day to be able to respond to an emergency stressful situation, but it also helps our health and alleviates the daily stresses that we're all combating daily. And that's why things such as yoga and meditation, the martial art breathing, those all help that same thing. So if you're doing those, wonderful, keep doing them. If you're not doing any breathing exercises for part of your health and fitness, incorporate this basic box breathing for five or 10 minutes a day. If you want to work up to 20 minutes a day, like Mark Devine said, wonderful. It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to help. But by practicing it and doing it regularly and then remembering to do it in a stressful situation, it can help you get through that and be able to perform better. If you know you're going into a stressful situation, you start controlling yourself right now with that breathing. If it's a surprise ambush caught you off guard, it's going to be very difficult to breathe under that extreme stress dump. And we're just going to hope that our physical capabilities and everything else we've done for training and planning kick in to see us through. Then you're going to use that breathing when you're sort of calming down later. And it'll help you then as well. So that's what I wanted to share this morning. Just a little bit about adrenaline and extreme stress, the effects on the body, and a couple things you can do to help you get through that and be a survivor, whatever that emergency might be. Whether it's an active shooter, it's a car crash, you know, it's somebody attacking you on the street, it's an earthquake, it's a tornado, it's a t it doesn't matter. 
extreme stress will have those effects on our body and we need to be able to understand it and deal with it. And these simple strategies I just shared can help you do that. And that's why I share them in my active shooter response classes and other self-defense and safety classes, because they really are important. They're as important as the physical skills, because you're not going to get to the physical skills if you don't control yourself. If you just freeze, none of the physical skills matter because you're not doing them. The breathing, the stress inoculation training, the understanding will help you get there to be able to do the other things that I teach to help keep you safe. Dixon says, in through the yeah, in through the nose and out through the mouth. When you're breathing and if you're so scared that it's all coming through the mouth and all you can do is get it down deep and, and keep the shallow breathing from happening, that's okay. If your nose is plugged, you're going to have to do it through your, your mouth. But normally, when we're especially during your training and practicing, deep breath into the stomach. That's you're trying to pull it down really low with the nose. Hold it for four seconds. Exhale out the mouth for four seconds. Pause for four seconds before you start the next one. And then if you're learning different breathing patterns in your yoga, martial arts, other things, do those. Wonderful. This four count one is just the most basic, simple one that has been proven to help people under stressful situations. They wouldn't be teaching it to law enforcement, Delta Force, SEALs, special operations, people in high-stress jobs if it didn't work. It does. I've used it. People I've known have used it. You can use it too. I hope this was educational and help you a little bit. I hope you don't ever really need it in a high-stress situation. The ideal is to have a plan, be prepared, and not need it because our awareness and avoidance kept us out of trouble. But boy, if something happens, I want you to be able to control yourself so you can get to the other skills to keep yourself and others alive. Be a survivor. Take care, everybody. I will see you tomorrow.